Headley. The Bobbert and Podcast Show sponsor. Kinky, so kinky, because he gives, we can fly. Thank you, glorious show sponsor, Headley. Kathy. <laughs> Boogie. <laughs> Kathy. I don't know where we're going with this. Did you just bacaw and wake up everyone in the house again? No, Creative Explorer is in the bedroom next door uh, jacking off while I sit here in the kitchen waiting for you so we can record. I'm starving. I want breakfast. Let's record a show, man. Jesus Christ, there's a lot going on over there. (laughs) There is. (laughs) As soon as we're done with the show, I've got a choice. Do I prepare breakfast or do I then go into uh, the bedroom and masturbate? I mean, it's a lot weighing on my mind here. Kathy, I think you should go into that bedroom and masturbate. Matter of fact, if you wanted to go do that right now, I would pop. How long does it take you to come when you masturbate by yourself? Yeah, no, it's it's a lengthy, involved process with a lot of fantasizing and either watching some little bit of porn or reading some erotica. You know, you're not you're not getting out of it with a, a sol- without a solid fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes isn't bad. Well, it is I bad you for you gonna... to sit there waiting. I thought, well, I'm not going to sit plugged. In. I'm not going to like. Pop. I'm not going to have us listen to dead air for 15 minutes and go. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Hello, perverted podcast audience. Kathy is right now masturbating, and we are solemnly waiting with her. We are supporting her. We love her, and believe that we should sit in silence while she masturbates. Maybe if we listen hard, we can hear a little moan off in the distance. I like the uh, solemnly waiting. <laughs> uh, I know. Like it's, it's a solemn like a, affair. <laughs> it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of power exchangey. You will uh, wait <laughs> on the show while I go and masturbate and not say anything and make the listeners listen to 15 minutes of dead air as though that's going to work out well. I think, you know what? That sounded very much like I, you're, we're doming the show and it's the other way around. The show doms us. That is correct. <laughs> One hundred percent correct. So now let us obey our sub. Our, let us obey our dominant audience and begin the show for them, mistresses and misters. Miss no sirs, miss ma'am. What fucking whatever. whatever. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One two three four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex and perversion. Recording live, finally, that Zencaster has allowed us, Mr. Glitchy Zencaster from, apparently, I'm still at Creative Explorers while he masturbates off in a corner somewhere and you, and boogie is at uh, is with mew right about on a boat, on a boat. Oh, it's the second time boat. wow it was well it was you know it it sounds great and it is great and believe me technically for los angeles living on a boat you have to buy the boat for like you know anywhere from you know crappy boat is like 3500 for a little sailboat and then a bigger boat obviously goes up to bajillions of dollars but you know for like 
nine, 10 grand, you can get like a pretty good size boat that has a little bathroom and kitchen in it and you could live in it. And the docking fee is like, you know, anywhere from like seven, 800, you know, to, you know, on, on upwards. So technically it would be cheaper to live on a boat than it would be to try to get a one bedroom apartment anywhere in Los Angeles. But you know what, Boogie, your apartment won't spring a leak. You know, that's first off not true. And I drowned lived in plenty of leak apartments. I actually had a situation where I was recording a comedy video for an anti-greeting that I did. And I was on the toilet and I was pretending to have disastrous bowel movement, which led to something funny. I won't get into it. But anyway, I got so into the character. I have it on video somewhere where I was like, oh, God, ah, it's coming out. Oh, Jesus fucking. Ah! And I leaned back too hard and I broke the water tank in half. <sighs> and literally, you see me on video. I'm like, ah, I got it. And you hear just <laughs> sploosh. And I just go, I look at the camera. I'm like, who? And I get up and I'm like naked from the waist down. <laughs> you see my balls hanging behind while I'm trying oh, to turn off God. the water. It's actually a pretty hideous uh, video. I was thinner at the time, but it was still pretty frightening. How and do I'm you like, get oh, into these weird things, Boogie? I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do? And all of a sudden, literally seven minutes later, my buddy, the manager, knocks on the door. <laughs> Bug. I'm like, yeah. What happened? Toilet tank broke. <laughs> I know. The neighbor downstairs called me. Oh, my God. So apparently the flood of water, just the water, not poop, um, ran down the wall into their kitchen, and they thought it was kind of exorcisty. And uh, so, yeah. The walls were So bleeding. it does happen. <laughs> Apartments uh-huh. do leak. Look at that. See, I even brought it back. I even remember what the original thing was living on a boat but no, that's very good boogie it's good i'm getting <laughs> i'm i don't know what i'm getting but um it was gonna be first threesome you know having bunny and Mew together on the boat the mom agreed to go get some d at her boyfriend's boat and uh but there was a, a conflict in schedule and so bunny couldn't make it and you know and sh- we felt we all felt bad and you know whatever and then bunny texts me right you know, because she's so sweet and she's very supportive and we love her desperately. She's going to have a great uh, book review or a fan fiction review a little later in the show. And and she texts me and she goes, you still have a wild time tonight with Mew. It's going to be so much fun. Little chili peppers. And shut up, Mew. <laughs> Mew's laughing. <laughs> she's laughing in the background because I text Bunny back and I go, look. There's going to be no wild time. Mew is totally into her game. And you were about the only person that could have dragged her off that couch. And <laughs> it's probably going to be very mellow. And and she's like, oh, no way. No. And I go, nope. Sure enough. I uh, We have one instance where I get out of the shower and Mew's like, I need the D. And she like closes the boat door. And so it's like nine, literally nine, maybe eight, nine o'clock at night. And so she just gets the D, has an orgasm, says, let's cuddle. We cuddle. She falls asleep. I fall asleep. We wake up at 10. She's all time for bed. <laughs> Brushes her teeth. And that was our. Boogie, our big can night. I can I just make an observation here? For I have two observations. Number one. 
Only a young person would turn down a threesome because as far as young people are concerned, the next threesome is right around the corner. So let's just turn this one down. And number right, two, right. it sounds to me like, uh, like Mew is doming you. No, uh, no, not really. She's calling the shots here. Are you caught? So Mew's doming me now? Yes. How is she doming me? She's pretty, everything you said was like, I need the D now. Okay, let's cuddle. All right, time to go to bed. Like, she's calling all the shots. No, huh, wait a minute. Hang on a second. (laughs) Mew, come here. Come here now. She just put down her laptop and she just got up. You come here now. Come here. First, say good morning to Kathy. Mew, mew, mew. Good morning, Mew. Mew. Mew, mew, mew. Uh oh. She sounds scared. Now then, Mew, turn around. Now, wait, first into the microphone. Who is the daddy? Mew. That's goddamn right. She Who's said the best mew. daddy in the world? Mew, mew. Who is fully in control and dominant of you? Eh. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Bend over, shut up! I am now pulling up her skirt and I'm pulling down her panties and I am poking her butt. <laughs> How about spanking her butt? Kathy, do you want to smell? No, I want you to spank Go. her butt for because she's being so defiant. Why? I stuck my finger in her butthole. It's not oh good enough. My God. You know what? Mm, sweet mute go, butt. Go clean your finger. I can't do a show with you sitting. Me imagining you sitting there with a dirty finger. It's not dirty. All she's right. A little, she's a precious little girl. She doesn't fart or poop. I love how you're the only one who can interpret her muse. So as far as anyone can tell, she's saying what you're saying. She's saying, but maybe she's not. She's saying, "Help! Rape! Nine one one! Call! I'm on a boat." I'm being held against my will. He just stuck a finger in my butt. I'm violated. That could be the other thing she's saying. But no, she was saying that I am not her submissive. But however, it is kind of fun to play with the brat that is her. And in all fairness, I was tired too. So uh, I brought all the toys. And uh, it's okay sometimes to just fucking go to bed. So I see. That's I'm not a submissive, god damn it. <laughs> okay. I believe be re- you. I'm going to be reflecting on that. I'm not. I'm the daddy. It's going to make I'm your dick go soft. You're not the... What? What'd you say? You're going to be reflecting on the fact that she's in charge of you and your dick is going to go soft. <laughs> Jesus, my dick's already soft, Kathy. I don't need anything else. What did you do then? What? What? What, what magic did you do? I didn't do any magic, and I'll tell you why. Um, this is a good thing to talk about. Creative Explorer is having some issues in his life that require his full attention. And like any relationship, you can't always have what you want. Sure. And when those things come up, the the DS steps to the side, and you're there. Well, not really, because you're there for your partner. You're there right. in support of your partner. So it's no, no big deal, but there's just stuff comes up in life. You don't always... Um, as you just realized, Bunny says, no, I got stuff to do. And and uh, at least we still have partners, Boogie. We haven't, we're not so old and decrepit that we haven't been, that we've been abandoned. <laughs> we're not cat ladies yet, Kathy. <laughs> we will we're, be. We'll both be cat ladies in slippers. Total cat ladies. We'll be cat ladies on like separate porches. Of course, there'll be motorhomes because we're both going to be broke. 
with like 18 cats and I'll be all, how the cats today, Kathy? And you'll be like, cats are fine, buggy. How are your cats? I go, they're just eating. That's what they do. <laughs> Remember we when just... we had lives? <laughs> we immediately get accents when we turn older and yeah. buy a mobile yeah, you, home. <laughs> no, because we're going to be rednecks, Kathy. I see. We're going to be redneck cat people, which, by the way, I make fun of rednecks a lot, and they seem to really enjoy that sense of humor because they have a sense of humor. There are rednecks listening to us. No, there are. Believe me, I I hear from them. I I hear from them. We have people from all over the world. And you ever notice that? I I say a lot of redneck humor and a lot of kind of that accent and twangy middle America stuff like that, and they don't get offended. They just think it's funny. Yeah, whatever. They're, they're not they're as easily going. butthurt. Yeah. Thank you, rednecks, because I love that. <laughs> I love talking shit and making that accent. God damn it! Get her done. <laughs> shall we start the show actually for real now? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> shall, shall we go on to a segment? <laughs> oh sure, let's do that. Attention, perverted podcast listener Kathy obviously did not listen to last week's show where she said she wanted jizz on her tits, so I guess it's still a secret between Boogie and the perverted podcast listeners. I would love to have jizz on the tits. I would love to have I would love to have jizz on the tits. Damn, Kathy, my brain just split when you said that you dreamed of jizz on your tits. You're so naughty and wild and reckless. I'd love to give you titties a fat pearl necklace. Jizz on the tits. Jizz on the tits. Now I can't stop thinking about it. I would love to have jizz on the tits. I really would. In fact, now I can't stop thinking about it. Now I can't stop thinking about it. I would love to have jizz on the tits. I would love to have jizz on the tits. I would love to have jizz on the tits. Now I can't stop thinking about it. That pipe helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a logic condom on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so because I do my homework, motherfuckers. And I emails you all before I use your stuff. That's what you do. You have made that point many times recently. Did you get yelled at by somebody? No, recently um, the amount of listeners who either ignore me or say no has gone up a bit. So I'm a little bit bitter. Oh, Oh, it's just normal Kathy bitterness. Well, you know what? I've got either switch tricks. Switch Trex Vixen or Kit Foxlave, who are two of my, and lately our own Enigma, very uh, good, our biggest uh, taggers. They they sh- they point me toward a lot of great posts, and some of these posts are really great. I would love to discuss them, especially the way that the poster writes about them. Some people have a very good way with words, and they either say no or they ignore me, and I get really contaminated when I talk about this. Okay, let's go on to the ones who gave me permission, because those I'm very happy about. Kathy, let me ask you a question. What? In those topics, I don't know if we've talked about this before, can those topics be generalized where you're not, we're not saying any of the details of the post or whatever, but there's like a general theme of that that we could uh, they, turn into a host topic? They can, but the you have everything that we've ever talked about 
every post, if you were to take it down to its bare bones, you would come up with one, two, or three words to describe that post. Boundaries. Um, right. Negotiation. This and that. Yeah. The, the topic on, their, uh, on the, their own, we've discussed them many times, and it's the poster's point of view that makes it so interesting. It's their words and their experience. So, yeah, we could definitely discuss it if things come up. I, we've kind of done that in the past, but it's... Kathy, yeah. that made a lot of sense. Did it? Yeah, that was actually very well spoken. Wow. That was actually like, huh, that makes absolute sense. You know, there's only seven stories in, in uh, the storytelling. <laughs> They're story pretty telling. much are, and, yes. <laughs> and in, and in our, our lifestyle, you know, it comes down to good, bad communication, you know, that type of thing, consent. and huh. yeah. But it's yeah. about the book. Kind of like porn. Kind of like, you know, it's still fucking. But it's exciting because it's new people fucking. That's very, very true, Boogie. So what we're doing is basically intellectual porn. No, what we're doing is what you do with uh, the listener segue, you know, is you bring that spice into it because it's from a specific person who has their own point of view. Which, by the way, we need more people uh, emailing me at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and asking for your questionnaire. That uh, I can uh, get some of your personal, wonderful, kinky life stories out of for the rest of the listeners. They but let's, are kind let's of proceed. Fun. Okay, let's proceed. all right. So I have a post by someone called L.A. Daydream, a lovely lady who uh, immediately takes uh, messaged me back and goes, "Hell yeah, can you can use the my post? I listen to you guys. Thank you so much." So she wrote something called "My Thoughts on Boundaries and Why They Are So Important." And she says, I personally will never tolerate anyone who does not respect me or my boundaries. They are there for a reason. They help keep us sane and safe. Now, don't get me wrong. I do want to be pushed. But if I tell you no face slapping, that means no face slapping. That does not give you the right to try and change my mind. Don't try to be all flirtatious and cute thinking that you will. No means no, and if it continues, well, you just raise the biggest red flag of them all. Always know your self-worth. Respect yourself enough to know when to get out and go. Anyone who has tried to force you or change your mind about something clearly has no respect for you at all. You should never, and I fucking repeat, never change anything about yourself to, quote, please another. I don't care how fucking cute they are or how horny you may be. Now, obviously, every dynamic is different, and if you have already built a solid trust platform, that may be different. But I've been seeing so many posts about these douchebag doms who just overstep time and time again. Be smart, be safe, never feel guilty, and always trust your gut. Remember, you are the one in control. Bravo, bravo, clap, 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 clap. Bam, bravo, baby. Bravo. Yes. Bravo, bravo. Now then, Kathy, as you spoke, I have so – look, I even did a pre-meeting about this topic with Mew, Ooh, wow. which was actually really good. I had her because I was cleaning and stuff, and I said, can you read me the post again so we can kind of talk about – because the thing that really stuck out is this is, this is of course, what you would call a champion post where the person has discovered their inner champion and their – they're putting that over out to the world and letting us know that, you know, this is the way to be. 
And we're all kind of rallying behind that. And we're like, yeah, fuck those douchebags of fake nice guys on the Internet. Yeah. You know, yes. Stand up for yourself. That is great. And this is this is legitimately building that support, because then we have the ability to look at other people and and see, God, I I want to be like that. That's how I want to be. I want to have that. I want to be able to think that my limits are important and that they're valid. But what if they're not? Because sometimes a lot of people get together and they do that rallying cry behind a great post like this. And they're like, yeah, fucking A, I I deserve the best. But then they get in that relationship and somebody says something and then that fear of disappointing them goes inside you and grips you. And you realize that you're you're you have insecurities and it's not always just the direct assault, you know, of like total douchebag. Fuck you, you fat slut. You rejected me. Um, You know, sometimes it's someone maybe, you know, a little bit, somebody maybe you admire a little bit, somebody you've always wanted to play with a little bit. And now all of a sudden they're 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 laying that in front of you. And all of a sudden you're you're now not as you're not as brave. Yes, I totally hear what you're saying. And to my great horror, I can see myself in everything you just said. Because when you make that rallying cry and you have people surrounding you and your friends, you're all, yes, we're going to storm the castle. And and everything is good because you feel very courageous surrounded by all this um, security and a total and complete trust in what you're saying and then like you say you find yourself in the situations and i am the worst at that because my self-doubt makes me question every conviction i ever thought i had when i'm alone and i find myself in one of those situations and i don't have my friends around me or this poster who just wrote this great thing that i'm in solidarity with i suddenly turn into the biggest marshmallow because i question well Maybe I am being too strong and on standing on this one principle. Maybe, maybe he or she is right. Maybe I should, you know, I will backtrack like crazy. And I absolutely hate that about myself. I hate that, that I can so easily be swayed. If you make a, a good enough argument, I will immediately start to doubt my own convictions. Right. So it's been a, it's a problem I've had all my life. And you're right. It's particularly difficult in the, in the scene, in the community, because you see all these things and the things you've wanted all your life and suddenly they're within arm's reach and you start compromising left and right. Well, I said I wasn't going to do this, but I will. I said I wasn't going to have sex without a condom, but he's so hot. When's the next time that is actually going to happen to me? You know, on and on and on and on. So uh, I think it's a great, uh, a great um, thing you just brought up because that is actually very true. So how do we get... So now, you know, because Mew and I talked a lot about this and Mew's like, okay, well, you know, what would be the steps? Because we can, you know, now we have point A. We have the the crown. The crown jewel that we want to go for is that absolutely we are always going to stand up for ourselves. We are always going to be. It doesn't mean you have to be rude or an asshole. I mean, against an asshole, fine. Fuck them. Get the fuck out of my life. But if it's somebody that you like and they're trying to kind of, you know, push your push your limits you know, how do you get to that level? How do you get to that crown jewel where you always stand up for yourself? What is well, the be- process? 
Yeah, because the, I think the answer is that you don't always want to take that stance. Sometimes the self-doubt that creeps in, it actually makes you reflect and wonder, well, maybe I should back down a little bit. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad that she brought up those two caveats where she says, it's not in every circumstance. She says, I do want to be pushed. I want to be pushed too. And she also says, if, you've, if, a, if in your relationship you have built a very strong trust platform, then you will try to go over those lines. It's one of the most amazing things that I just love about, uh, about the power exchange is that if you find someone you trust, skirting those edges and trying to push past your own boundaries is a phenomenal experience. It can yes. be so freeing and so wonderful to have this boundary that you thought you could never get past. I mean, when I, I had made up my point at some point in, in, my time in the King community that I just was not going to let anybody else pull my hair because they don't listen to what I say. They, they don't do it correctly. And I just, that's it. Fuck it. No face. Um, hair pulling has now become a hard limit. And then I saw creative explorer at the club and I was like, Oh my God, it's, it's creative explorer. I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> we started talking and I had already developed a good sense of, uh, quite a bit of trust in him because I had seen him play with other people and spoken to him. And I knew generally I thought he was a good guy. And so I started to explain to him why it was I had that. And over time I allowed him to start exploring that with me, but that only came through trust. That only came because uh, I'm willing to lower those boundaries of mine because I trust that you'll, you're a man enough, smart enough, adult enough to get me through the other edge of things go wrong. Okay. But in the moment when you're doing something like that, my, the only thing that ever saves me from that is if you're faced with a decision uh, and that decision is, do I stick to my guns or do I allow this person to kind of persuade me to give that a try? Stop what you're fucking doing and say, no, not now, not, not never, but not now. And that gives you time to reflect, to retreat and discuss it. And, and go, you're, in, you're in a place where you, you might be hyped up. You're, you're very excited. That is not the time to be making those decisions. And if you say, not now, but I'm willing to explore that. Let's talk about it later. And the person you're playing with says, no, I want it to be done, done now. That's the fucking douchebag you walk away from. Well, now, yeah, now you have that flag. See, this is where... Um, I hate to use these words uh, like mentorship and protectors because now they have negative con connotations for grooming and uh, predatorial behavior. But this is why you have friends uh, in the community. This is why you have people that are experienced, whether they have as much experience or more experience, that you have people that don't have a sexual agenda with you to – have these discussions with i mean if you're in a relationship with somebody like creative exploder or me and mew and bunny um then yeah we're gonna have those conversations and maybe boundaries are going to be challenged because we've discussed it like you said and then maybe try some things but if you don't have that relationship built with someone this is why we consistently encourage bottoms to find experienced bottoms and tops to find experienced tops that you can 
relate to, that you can discuss these types of things with. And Mew brought up a, a great point where she's like, you know, do tops? She asked me, she's all, do tops have people they can talk to? Because obviously you and I, and, and we know predatory bottoms exist, where they're asking you to do things that you as a top aren't ready for. And then, of course, you feel that pressure and, oh, I don't want to look like I'm not domly enough. So you do something that makes you uncomfortable, puts you in a bad headspace, or you don't know and you can injure the person, that these are the types of things that you talk about with other people that you can bounce those ideas off of. And sometimes even if you have a close relationship with creative Explorer or myself and the girls, it's still good to go outside to those friends because there's always that chance that you're still trying to please the other person by doing this thing. It's just good to have those types of friends. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good topic. I, I, I mean, she took a very harsh, stand on this but i like that she she made it clear she's taking a harsh stand for the actual douchebags who you tell no to and they keep trying to push you by either coercing you or trying to be cute or trying to play on your weakness because basically what they do is they detect there's a breach in the wall there if i can just take advantage of that weakness i can get through that's a fucking douchebag well in that that's that's pretty much online you're going to get a lot of that because it is a numbers game that, uh, you know, we, we say all the time, it, if you can't be nice when someone rejects you, you were never nice to begin with. You were just pretending to be nice so you could get what you want. We, we all under, uh, understand that. Yeah. This is where you have that no training that we've talked about a lot on the show that, right. That that there there are exercises that you can do because you need to be validated for saying no, because if you're not validated for saying no, you aren't going to develop that feeling of attraction towards that power of standing up for yourself and and believing that you actually deserve to say no. So that's why it's important to to do things that validate you speaking up for yourself. And that can be done in role plays where you're a, a trusted partner or even a friend works with you and and asks you in a role play, hey, can I pull your hair? And you say, no, you can't. And then they thank you, you know, and they kind of that psychological reaffirming of of that no to build your confidence. So that way, when you get into the real situation, you're better at saying no. Uh-huh. Yes. I have always liked the your your no training. I always wished that you could have uh, gotten that class off the ground, but um then you came to me and said, "Hey, hey Kathy, let's uh let's volunteer and start uh volunteering at the club and and that's when that's when everything went wrong. So I blame you entirely. Uh and I always will. Wait, what did I do? <laughs> Everything, uh, not everything went bad after that. <laughs> it's true. I destroy the world. <laughs> I am a mere. I am a shell of my former self. I will never volunteer again. It has screwed me over in ways that I I don't even talk about on the show. But that is Kathy? it for me, man. Kathy, yes. What if? No, this is how it started last time. What if <laughs> we started our own dungeon? No. 
and just had a set of rules, like a little constitution. And that was it. If you want to play by these rules, you come in and play by these rules. And if you don't, then go find another place that supports what you want. And it's just these. And there's no question about it. We're not going to change every year. And everyone's going to change the rules because, you know, they have to piss on something to make it their own and have some sort of legacy. It's just here are the rules. Here's the safety. Go for it. Fine. If you win the lotto in that fantasy of yours, buy it. But for right now, no Church of Cock. No new club that we own. Period. We already are the Church of Cock. You named it. We're not the Church of Cock. We don't have worshipers. <laughs> uh, I, I can't. Yeah, we do. I can't even pass around the till without you freaking the fuck out. <laughs> so no, we don't have a Church of Cock. <laughs> the till. Yeah, you know. You mean you the pass- cash register? It's the tithing offering. It's the no, tithing. it is not the tithing. Not every church considers it a tithing offering that's a, that has a very specific definition to well it. it's 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 yeah. the you just call it the offering well, to us it would be the till just pull it out of the register and go hand it over <laughs> <laughs> that's the church of cock man this jesus fucking church of cock we're not pretending to be anything we're not <laughs> is geeky world news a social enigma i don't know let's ask enigma he should know because he's Got the same name? Good morning, Mr. Sleepy Pants. Oh, hello there, Mr. Boogie. It's so lovely of you to rise and shine at 11 a.m. to do your segment. You know, it's it's a hard life getting up and being a celebrity. I just, I have to... I have to get, uh, have my beauty sleep, you know. Apparently you need a lot of it. Who the fuck? What time <laughs> did you go to bed last night? It's like, uh, to the perverted podcast listeners, you know, Enigma, you know, we decide, okay, 11 a.m., we're going to record the segment. I'm like, up at 5 a.m. I'm like, go, go, go. Okay, this is going to be good. We're going to go, whatever. And then 11 a.m. rolls around and the thing's up and I text him, okay, this is your, here's your code. And yeah, we're going to go. And then it's just 11, 11.02. 11.03, and I'm like, that motherfucker's asleep. I will bet you that motherfucker's asleep. Sure enough, call after the 20th ring. Dude, dude, bro, dude, dude, bro, dude. Totally didn't hear the alarm. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go to bed till like three, so. Bad enigma. Bad, bad, yes. bad. Yes, daddy boogie. What, what? Ew, that's creepy. <laughs> 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 We've now crossed a line of creepiness. So, were you at least doing something fun? Not entirely. I mean, I did connect with somebody online that might turn into some at least digital sexy time. So that that should be fun. All right, it's a uh, step. Yeah, yeah, it's a step in the right direction. Which is which is always a good idea. <laughs> Let's do the sex worker one first. Is that okay? Yeah, we could do that one first. Because that is what has consistently been not steps in the right direction. And now I guess we're going to talk about some of that. So why don't you go ahead and let our listeners know what's going on in this in this article. So this article comes from the website called them.us. And as always, you can find uh, both articles I'm going to talk about. You're going to find them on our Discord. And so this article is called Prostitution is the Social Safety Net in This Country. And sex workers speak out about coronavirus. So the biggest problem during these times is, you know, how a lot of sex or a lot of uh, businesses are able to get, uh, they're able to get some sort of relief from the government. So the government was giving all sorts of handouts for people to 
be able to keep their businesses afloat and also keep themselves afloat. Well, sex workers are not able to do that. Uh, of course, they, because yeah. they're, they're not even second class citizens. No, no. Like we don't like to admit that they exist. And so like sex, work, sex workers have found themselves going back online with places with websites called like OnlyFans. And even with the threat of FOSTA and SESTO, this was a legislation that came out a couple of years ago that's still kind of over their heads. So it, it, it was there to try to keep the, the way that they worded it was they're trying to keep people from doing sex trafficking. But what it was really there for was to be a stopgap between sex workers um, and their clients. And so it was really just a internet privacy law disguised as a sex trafficking law. And so right. that's like sex workers are being pushed back online because they have no other choice. And what I found it's kind of scary because a lot of these sex workers are having to go towards clients that they normally wouldn't go to because they just they don't have a choice and it's usually some of the sketchier clients that may be putting them at higher risk this entire system i mean we have lots of countries that have legalized sex workers where they have benefits they have legal rights they're treated like human beings because they are human beings i don't know um and and it works, but here in, in the states, we we still have this caveman, religious based hatred of sex workers. But at the same time, if you look at all the numbers, porn and webcaming, and people still want them there, but we also want to just oppress them and pretend they're not there. And it's disgusting because the acts of violence towards sex workers uh, aren't represented there's no recourse i mean i have lawyers in my family and they tell me plenty of stories of of prostitutes that go in to claim rape and and the judge literally looks them in the eye says shouldn't be a prostitute you know and throws out the case i mean we have such a state of hatred towards sex workers and this isn't just females you know there's a lot of male sex workers too there's a lot of transgender sex workers too and nobody's getting represented and people are getting harmed because of it. There's no recourse for sexual assault. People are murdered left and right because it's no one's society treats you like you don't exist. It's just this ongoing thing that is just so ridiculous in caveman. You know, it's kind of like a war. You know, I look at it like we're in this war for equality and we always have been the oppressed people and the not oppressed people. And like there's different battles. And like right now, it's the black community battle that we're fighting for. And then hopefully the changes that occur from that are going to start opening the way for some of these other battles. And I surely hope that sex worker battle is somewhere on the next agenda. It is. And one of the things I have noticed with the BLM movement is that black sex workers have definitely been a part of the fight because they're, like you said, they're they're one of the more, one of the most marginalized uh, industries that we accept in our in our culture, and I've definitely heard a, or and I've definitely seen online a lot of sex workers coming out and be like, "It, this is also part of our our fight. This is also part of our what we are working for to get equality about is the the black sex worker industry." And it, you know, if you fix that, you're going to fix a lot of things. But like that, that's a hugely marginalized group this is where we get into that conversation 
of morality in this country. Once again, absolutely okay for people to go out and fuck. That right. is, you know, people understand that, but and it comes down to the amount of support you can garner because there's been lots of initiatives and people and sex workers have united and strippers and you know the porn industry, you know, there's been a lot of attempts to unite and create a momentum that will push legislation to you know to change these laws to protect sex workers but the problem enigma is you know you listen to radio stations like a sex worker will come on and all these dudes will call up and they'll be like yeah this is bullshit you need to be able to have lap dances and strippers and hookers and yeah 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 but then it's time to show up for the protest and these dudes ain't showing up because they're afraid that their partners aren't going to know. Politicians who use hookers constantly um, aren't going to stand up because it's going to destroy their public image. Because how dare they actually have sex with somebody, uh, you know, that's not a spouse or something. So right. it's there's there's so much cultural that needs to change. And I know the LGBT movement did a lot of great work uh normalizing themselves to the U.S. culture, which eventually got everyone to see, oh, gay people are the same as not gay people. That's just their orientation. And so that's where the changes started coming. I don't know what work we have to do to normalize the sex industry, but it's definitely can't just be something we babble about on a sex positive show. Right. And I, I, it's, it is happening, but it's very slow. Like, I remember when I first went into a sex shop and it was super shady and, and sketchy. But, like, you go to sex shops now and they're a lot brighter. They're a lot more, like, consumer friendly. And I think that that's a, maybe not sex workers, but, like, I think the society in general is getting more used to the idea of sex being more normalized. And so I think if we're pushing people to go in that direction, I think. We're, we're getting there slowly, but like sex work is, is I think it's going to be the biggest hump because that's people's biggest hang up for some reason right. um, is, you know, giving that money for a blowjob as opposed to just getting a blowjob. So sure. I think we're getting there. It's just, it's super slow and it's a lot of fighting and there are a lot of great people doing that. I, I wanted to just put in right at the end that like if people wanted to come check out the website, they actually do have some links to resources for sex workers who might be stuck in and out of luck right now. Uh, they have a bunch of different links because like there's a big community of sex workers that are all trying to work together to support members financially. And right. so if, if there are any sex workers listening to this and they do need some help, definitely check out this uh, website, this link. If you're not on Discord, they can hit me up on the socials and I am happy to send them the link. And in other news. <laughs> yes, and in other news, this next article comes from mandatory.com. And the website, or the title for the article kind of explains it. Um, sex nurse role players donate their kink gear to real doctors and fight against coronavirus. Forced Yay! to have normal, boring sex for the greater good. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So, yeah. Uh, so medical fetishists around the world have been stocking up on everything from sterile needles to catheters to speculums. And they happen to have the PPE that 
those on the front lines of treating people with coronavirus desperately need. Luckily, the King community not only has a naughty side, it has a nice one as well. The British, this is specifically coming from a British supply store, but they were able to donate a whole lot of supplies to local hospitals, somewhat begrudgingly, apparently. And <laughs> now, well, m- mostly because now he has to have normal sex because all of his toys <laughs> are... Can... Look, you know, there's so much sacrifice you can do. <laughs> like, give oh, away yeah. a thousand masks, keep five for yourself. It's okay, exactly. fuck it, you know? Yeah, it's just a little funny because like, but it's also frustrating because like he's helping out these healthcare workers that have to use like garbage bags as gowns. And so I just I just thought it was a really cool, like short and quick article about how kink is helping out the vanilla world. Yeah, one day, one day, Enigma, they'll get it. (laughs) You see now, non kink world, you need us. You need us when it counts. See that? uh anesthesiologist wearing a ball <laughs> gag <laughs> wearing a ball gag while gassing someone out for their surgery so enigma if people are interested in finding out about us yes they can go to our instagram that's at perverted podcast they can go to twitter at perverted pcast and they can find us on fetlife just search perverted podcast there's a great group and a page and if you want to go to our website, that's www.pervertedpodcast.com. Perverted mailbox, bitch, what you gotta say? All right, you know what? What? We we had our, our five year anniversary recently. And it was glorious. It was glorious. It actually wasn't, but we're going to say it was, so you'll go back and listen to it. And Battle Bob wrote to us, and he said, I've learned loads. Pussy cookies, anal maracas, alligator balls, tentacle play, and don't use table candles for wax play. Wow, he does remember a lot of stuff. (laughs) Some people listen, Kathy. I guess so. (laughs) I hadn't realized, but yeah, we have kind of canvassed all that over the years. Uh, Anyway. We also did get a lot of response for our church that we're thinking of forming, the Church of Consensual Kink, or Cock, as we like to call God it. Damn it, Kathy! <laughs> Garbage you gotta can get mill. points. You gotta give points, Kathy. You got. I had to give you the points. I'm like, really? And then, of course, everyone's like, yeah. So you're like, all right, we're the Church of Cock. Garbage Can Mail wrote to us and said, If I were to join the Church of Consensual Kink, would you be able to send an official membership transferal form to my Southern Baptist Church? Oh, my God. (laughs) Mel, we totally would. (laughs) I'd even laminate that motherfucker. Send it in a a big envelope. This serves as notice (laughs) that Garbage Can Mail... (laughs) will become one of our parishioners. Thank you very much for taking care of her. Cock will now embrace her. <laughs> oh, my God. Willie wrote, and he said, I'd be down for PP transitioning to cock. I'm sure you would, Willie, with a name like that. Of course he would be a member of cock. <laughs> See, I just got that. I just got Willie. Oh. Will- oh. Wow. Wow. See, Willie, cock. Cock uh, is yeah. also called a... I'm just going to sniff my anal Jezik. Sniff your oh, anal, man. <laughs> Kathy, do you want to get in on this? Because I swear to God, you and I could just sit there and huff. I, oh, I When I was a kid, I used to open the jar of 
uh, Vicks Vapor up and Vicks. just put it under my nose and smell it. It was oh delicious. My God. So, yeah. All right. So Bakura wrote to us. Um, yeah, I guess we we ranted a little bit about Patreon uh, charging sales tax. Yes. Or, yeah. And he says, all I know is if Patreon starts charging sales tax for me to help out the show, I guess I'm paying sales tax. Bakura, oh. you rock, man. That is just that so is, sweet. That is, that is really nice. It looks, uh, for an update for that, it looks as though it's not in all things. It's just in certain things with tiers and benefits. Our Patreon is pretty much general support only. We put up the show early. As long as we announce what we're going to do on the show and not on Patreon, I think that's the way to avoid most yeah. of whatever your little taxes, you know, the 50 cents they're going to put on. Right. Yeah. So that's we're good, working but, on it. But Coors got our back, man. And he also said, by the way, Boogie, let me just tell you oh, no. that if you insist on continuing to talk about my labia, Flapping in the wind, flying like a seagull, you're gonna get now off into the sea breeze. Could you just picture it? I mean, so serene, just like maybe just like some like a little beach fire going, you know, and like people sitting around in sweaters. And it's like we watch your vagina ascend off more than a sunset. It's like every every sunset, we all just watch Kathy's labia just flap off into the distance. It's so melancholy and sweet. Everyone My would vagina do that. will not ascend over the coastline. Okay, it's just not going to happen. But it did in the Church of right- Cock. No, <laughs> in the, it did in the Church of Cock. We worship Kathy's fucking labia. God damn it. Well, maybe in the Church of Cock, I'll give you that. But Bakura said, Woohoo, naked Kathy. Damn, Boogie. Now I'm seeing seagulls flying out of Kathy's vagina and creative exploder <laughs> with a rifle yelling, Pull! <laughs> That's good. No, it's not. <laughs> that is good, Kathy. I like that. <laughs> oh, Bakura, you have such a sick mind. <laughs> Pull. That is good. That's too much. All right. Finally, we have TJ who wrote us and said, Hey, Boogie, my coworker told me about your podcast and it's freaking awesome. She said, you guys have a Patreon, but I can't find it. Is there a link somewhere? We've gotten these before, by the way, where people are like, we can't find you. (laughs) We're the black sheep of Patreon, by the way. (laughs) We're not the only ones. Just want you to know, they they had a nice... A little dinner for us. They they brought us in and fed us and said we love our adult content creators. But now that we've told you that, just also know we're going to completely ignore you and make you not Patreon. searchable, yeah. not searchable in anything. You can't even search perverted podcast. You have to type in patreon.com slash perverted podcast or you will not find us that's if you're on patreon but i will tell you that if you go on any search engine and type in perverted podcast patreon our page pops up so only within patreon search engine can you not search for us yeah but once again that's how we get fucked on everything if people know about us they can search for us but if they don't know about us they can't just type in keywords and find us so yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Quit your griping. Yes, Kathy. I'm going to quit my griping as soon as somebody who actually understands search engine optimization can come and help us. I'll pay if somebody knows how to really do search engine optimization and not just say it. Not that just was my rant. Lie, Thank you very much. Not just Let us proceed. 
lie to us or go nonverbal on us when it comes to search engine Yeah, that's pretty much. It really is. It's a nonverbal play scene with no negotiation and no aftercare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we do search engine optimization. You'll make it onto the pages with your keywords. Sure, no problem. Hello? 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 Hello, search engine optimization? Hello? What happened? What happened to the search engine? Oh, oh, you went nonverbal. Oh, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm just bitching. You are kind of bitching. I'll edit this out. I'll edit (laughs) this out. No, you won't. (laughs) Yes, I will. Uh, uh, we need help, Kathy. I need a place to live. God well, we, damn it. We definitely need help. I'm not I don't disagree with you on that. <laughs> now I'm literally show. comfort huffing the anal Jesus. <laughs> don't huff anal. Who doesn't love anal? I'm a straight shooter and I'm going in your booter. Who doesn't love anal? Get a little lube and let my weenie love your poop too. Bunny likes to read, likes the feels, likes the tingle factor. Bunny's fan fiction reviews. All right. We must warn our lovely listeners that if you are not into blood and blood play, this will not be a fan fiction review for you. That's true. Also, also, I'd like to say that this time it does not have anything to do with humiliation. I <laughs> looked for things and none of them said I made sure that they were all different. None of them said humiliation or degradation or anything and I sent them to Boogie. And then he helped choose one. So it's definitely not the same. Definitely not the same. But it does have blood blood and needles, so. But of course you did send me all gay fan fiction. Well. Which <laughs> was like, I'm reading and I'm like, oh, what's going to be here? And I know that, you know, we obviously we have to do different fan fictions for everybody and people that listen to the podcast have different orientations and whatever and I'm like great let's cover different things but it was literally you sent me like 18 all dudes doing dude stuff to dudes no. all dude and no. my little my little fragile sis my little fragile sis hat heart was just like ah aha ah, ah. <laughs> Uh, you know, buddy, just go ahead and pick one. One of them was girls. One of them was girls. Um, I didn't even make it through. (laughs) I just threw in the towel and said, I'm just going to stop now. Gotcha. Okay, well, if you had continued, one of them was girls. Also, I guess it might be different for other people, but I think that gay is also hot like i can totally read about two guys and be really turned on i don't know if everybody does that but i feel like i can read two guys doing stuff and i'm super into it or girls or whatever it is well absolutely and that's everyone you know you're more pansexual and and muse more pansexual and people are (laughs) that's why we try to cover more stuff i'm just saying uh you know I'm that's that's not my jam, but I did read the first one because it wasn't necessarily as sexual and it was very much more focused on the whole issue around the play and which was very interesting. So yes. why don't we get into that fan fiction? What okay. is the name of that fan fiction story? It is called Climbing Over the Broken. And this was a like a paranormal 
Supernatural kind of thing. Yeah, it's from Supernatural, the TV show fandom thing. And so the two characters in this are Lucifer and Sam. Yeah, give a little... Now, Sam is one of the characters... I've seen some of the Supernatural TV show thing. And Sam is one of the, the like, demon hunter people, right? Yeah, so there's Dean... Sam and Dean are the two main characters. And Sam is the one with the longer hair, like the shaggy hair. Um, okay. They're both very cute. But, yeah. So Sam... And then Lucifer. And there's, I don't know, it was well written, but they were, it was hotel. And then Sam had this like giant gash on his back. But the whole thing was centered around like Lucifer like stitching him up. And I don't, okay, so it wasn't overtly sexual, this is true. But it was interesting just because Lucifer stitching Sam up and kind of like an inner monologue of that process. What I got from it was there was like Lucifer, obviously the devil, and he's for whatever reason stitching this guy up with this tremendous back wound. Yes. And it's his inner monologue about how he views humans. And because obviously, I guess, is the devil, you don't you don't bleed like that. Uh-huh. And and it was that kind of interaction with his internal monologue about the frailty of humanity and, and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was definitely part of it. And that's interesting because I got, I got more from it, too, that was, like, a little different just because, obviously, I, I have, for a person who loves needles, um, I have, like, a very specific experience when I do needles. And I feel like the whole, this whole story, like the tone of it, the way it was written, the things that were being said, interestingly, even though they were in this story from a top's perspective, kind of really felt like how I kind of feel sometimes when doing needles. Just like, like you said, he's talking about like humans reflecting on that, but there's also like a connection there. And they're also talking about the ritual of this and kind of it felt calm and connecty and peaceful and that's kind of exactly how I feel when I do needles and I actually found myself it's a weird story but I found myself being so like calm like that feeling when I do needles just because the the atmosphere that was created in that story just felt perfect to me and that felt it felt like what doing needles feels like in a story it was. Re- it's really interesting that you say that because I know uh, I might have even we've talked about it on another thing. You actually drew me a picture of the place you go to when you do needles, um, yes. which is uh, like kind of a cliff hillside that's overlooking kind of the ocean and horizon. And then there's a swing on top of that. And then you look out and it's very serene and peaceful and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then this story was obviously had all these demonic overtones and other demons were lurking around that they wanted to avoid. And, and, it, and it was very much more the primal texture of the blood and flesh type of thing. And so it's interesting that even though it was very primal, it was still able to take you to a place where you're normally just extremely peaceful. Yeah, well, I feel like it is primal. I mean, when you play with blood and when you play with flesh and when you're, I don't know, going under somebody's skin, even if it's not 
quite as like darker you don't have a jagged gash in your back or whatever I think no matter what it kind of is more primal but not necessarily I guess like you're talking about primal and I guess not like an aggressive kind of a primal thing but it just more like to your core yeah yeah our act, you know, like when you and I do needles, the act is actually very smooth. And of course, there's blood, but yes, there's not like a giant gash, and I'm like fingering the flesh <laughs> and ripping it away and feeling, feeling what your muscles and you know, I'm not you know getting super visceral. It's very like, breathe with me, my love. You are beautiful. And it's, you know, so it's, yeah, it's absolutely still primal because we're playing with blood and needles and flesh. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they're pretty, you know, they're two different dynamics of the type of play. Yeah. But I don't know. The, un- the undertones of it are, I just feel like, still had a taste of what I feel when I do needles, which I thought was interesting because you're right. It was a lot darker, but I still got that. Um and so it's interesting that a story can be not even because you know how sometimes like somebody will like pretend spank somebody in like a TV show or it's like something vaguely kinky but it's not like overtly it's not somebody doing a scene like we do but you can be like oh like haha like I kind of get that or I'm kind of turned on by that I feel like this story is a little like that and that it's not a scene it's not overtly kinky per se but you still get that feeling and if it's something that you're into like I don't know that is interesting just how well it kind of captured the experience for me without even being really the same experience at all so that's why I liked it I think that's very interesting well let's get on to the meter of how you would grade this on the bunny marshmallow meter so as far as immersibility and how much that story dragged you into itself uh-huh. what how many marshmallows would you give that i gave it an eight i give it an eight for immersibility is it, it immersed me quite quite a bit the only reason i didn't give it like a higher immersibility score is because it made me think a lot and like reflect back on my own experience so i'd be like oh my god like this is great and then i'd be like wow i feel like that too and then kind of switch back and forth but it was really well written so then i guess then when we get into the next on the meter, uh, how many marshmallows would you give the thinkies? Yes, I gave it a nine for thinkies. It made me think a lot. <laughs> and that would be the dragging you <laughs> into your own personal experiences. Yeah. And and how that works out with you. Yeah. Very good. Now then, uh, these next two, I don't, I don't know how high these are going to be. Well, surely what my thoughts on, on it were. What about the feels? Like how emotionally attached did you get to the characters or did it make you uh drop your own feelings okay i actually gave it a seven for feelings okay (laughs) because it made it made me miss uh that connection and so i got really feely because i'm like i want to do that again and have that (laughs) (laughs) yes bunny well bunny maybe maybe when you know after your little quarantine uh-huh. we can do some needles when we get together with Mew that would be great that would be yes that would be great can I breathe heavy on your neck and talk a little darker this time <laughs> yes and, and like be loose can you just call me the devil <laughs> yeah I can so this gave 
This gave you thinkies then. No, no, this absolutely gave me thinkies. You know, like I said, I was able to kind of detach that it was two dudes, you know, because obviously when I do needleplay, it's a very... I have a very, that feminine, swirly, sexual, intimate, there's just a much different flow where this was more like surgical, you know, for me to get through this and to kind of have thoughts about it. I was, I, it was more clinical, primal, smelly football kind of thing. So there, it just, but, um, but definitely as far as thinkies, of how I play with the blood when we do blood play types of things. Yeah. Like when we did that blood play scene with you and Mew. I think it was your birthday or, or her birthday mm-hmm. um, or something. And it was at, uh, at at Doorway and you guys were in the medical room and I had you guys sitting facing each other and then I put needles in both your backs and or, or I cut. That was a cutting scene. Yeah. And then we filled the cups and I poured blood and then you guys smeared the blood on each other. Yeah. And you tapped my vein. It was great. Oh, that's right. We were just starting to get into tapping veins. Yeah. It was so fucking great. It was so good. Yeah. God damn. We just have to begin (laughs) again. Yes. Bunny, we must begin again. I must watch all the videos and do, relearn all the instructions and re-up the where I was. Yeah. And we need to get back to that. God damn it. So um, so the fields you gave us, seven marshmallows. And now then, let's go to the tingle factor. Yeah. How turned on did this visceral story get you? Uh, I gave it a four, four and a half marshmallows um, because... Hmm. I mean, I do get turned on doing needles, and it was kind of hot, and then I started thinking about other things accompanying accompanying the needle play in this situation. Mm. So it got me turned on. But like I said, it wasn't like overly sexual. It was more about the, the kink and the specific play in a weird way. Which is very interesting. I have different... As a top, I have different kind of feelings during certain types of play where I'm more I'm very very focused on doing it right you know safety mm-hmm. how to not fuck up someone or create you know a, an open gaping back wound like was talked about in this <laughs> sure. story I would like to not do that to you when we do blood play uh, even in fantasy that sounds good but no so for me tingles tingles come very differently in certain types of play for me yeah and blood play is definitely because I'm squeamish about blood. Right. So when I think about blood or I talk about blood, you know, sometimes my veins ice up and I'm like, ah. Yeah. But when I'm in the moment, it's I'm very much about creating that experience for you so I can detach from my own kind of dislike of blood and dried blood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily as, as sexual for me, but there is an extreme feeling of intimacy, right? which can also be erotic for me. Yeah. So I would have given a, a something like this, like a one or something like that, but... It was definitely a story worth reading. If you can, if you can handle blood and visceral blood open wound stuff. Uh-huh. A lot of nurses are going to be reading this story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. This was great. This was a good story. And no, I don't think uh, it was not overtly degrading and humiliating. Yes, it was not. It was... <laughs> you did good, buddy. I did it. 
You did it. You you read and reviewed a story that was not overtly degradation and humiliation. Yeah. Bunny, thank you so much for talking to us. It was amazing to hear your voice and your thoughts. As always, I love you so many bunches. And we will see you on the next one. Yes, I love you. And bye. And with that, we close episode 264 of Perverted Podcast. We're so grateful to all of you who write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com to share your stories or questions. And we invite you to visit us on patreon.com forward slash pervertedpodcast. If this show brings value into your lives, consider becoming a supporter with five bucks if you give a fuck. Woohoo, Patreon, we love our supporters! Patreon! Supporters! Well, god damn it! This is the end of the show, and I am on the boat, and I am the dominant, god damn it, and I'm gonna bend you over, and I'm gonna do some things to her, and I'm gonna give her a panking before I leave. Oh, wait, I have to leave in 15 minutes. It's gonna be a quick panking, and then I'm gonna go as the dominant off into the morning air and be dominant, god damn it, because Kathy's wrong, and I am the dominant. (laughs) Okay, Boogie, you're the dominant. I'm gonna go masturbate now. Kick it. Gas prices up and down, it makes my wallet wonder Why the oil companies intentionally always got to steal my thunder I wish that I had wings so I would never ever need to drive Cause I'm always broke and I'm usually jobless Spend my money at the bars where the girlies go topless I got a wee, you got a wee Get on top and do the thing that you do Sugar, you could play with me until my money's gone Could that be? Maybe Jolly Mr. Trolley with the 12 pack and a couple of dollars. Somebody coming to give me a kiss. Somebody coming to come to take off a dress. We could do it here and never have to leave the home. It's not Mr. Trolley or the beer or the dollies, but a bill collector and he say I've been naughty. Water go bye bye, lights go out. My clock no more goes ticky ticky tock. Now I'm in the dark, but I still can sing my song I'm singing. Agenda. Oh, I don't need nobody to tell me who I should be. Yeah! I don't need the money. He don't need the money. I just want the girl. He just want the girl with the pretty long legs. With the pretty long legs. Pretty, pretty curls. Pretty, pretty curls. So sorry, Mama Sita, I hate to inform you, baby boy. Makes a living on fun employment. Ooh, I don't want to grow up. Because grown ups don't have no fun. I just want to be the guy with no agenda. Yeah, yeah, just saying that.
with gender.